Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Well, it's lovely to be with you here again. And uh, in this episode, we are with Harvey Quiani and um, his insights and his background when it comes to uh, following Jesus in his mission is very, very insightful because of where he's come from, where he is now, and, and more importantly, who he's actually speaking to and with. Sounds a little bit cryptic, but when you get to listen to this episode, you go, oh no, this is different. This is a different slant, different perspective. And there's a couple of really fascinating surprises when it comes to um, the world of missional transformation and how it has really happened rather than how we think it has happened. Um, but anyway, look, let's go straight into this episode and um, we'll go from there. Well, we are with our next guests, and it is with great delight that we are with Dr. Harvey Quiani. And um, I say that just because it's not a name that I normally say. Uh, Harvey or Quiani or Doctor, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, and we have um, so Harvey is from uh, Global Connections, and he'll tell more about that and all that uh, and what that is and. Just, just to give you an idea of my relationship with Global Connections, just to the listeners, I, um, gosh, I think it was about 2003, 2004, around that time, I was working with um, Christian Vocations, Global Connections, and uh, a little youth department called What For from Mission Aviation Fellowship. Um, and we were tasked to see if we can mobilize the emerging generation to get into local and global mission and um it was it was in, it was incredibly uh interesting how the mission agencies that we had on board were really uh really up for that and uh, there was a big movement which i think the campolos were, were pioneering in the us there was a bit of a movement in in europe i think called mission net or something like that which was a big thing um, but proportionately, because of the the number of Christians and evangelical Christians, particularly in the UK, was quite a large number. Global connections and 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 this thing called we called it motivate um, was quite a thing. Um, but um, we just ran out of puff. It was so hard. It was like a roadshow thing, and it was good. And we you know engaged with around about thousand young people and you know a whole bunch of them got involved in mission but uh it was wonderful to engage with the mission agencies that were part of this network so um anyway that's me yakking along um harvey welcome along to this podcast that we do called season four how have you been i've been all right thank you good to be here with you man been looking forward fantastic fantastic so you um It'd be interesting for people just to hear a wee bit more about you, where you're from, what's your story, uh, and, you know, I always take the mickey, is your doctorate in your subject or is it in soil fertilization? <laughs> <laughs> I come from Malawi. Okay. And, and, and I think one of the exciting facts about my history is that where I come from in Malawi, 
is the very first British mission station in the country. Wow. Uh, and, so, and so we go back to 1861 uh, wow. when David Livingstone himself wow. uh, brought the university's mission to Central Africa to my village where I was born. Gosh. Uh, and, and so, yeah, uh, I grew up with uh, that story mm. being taught to me every day. Mm. Um, no wonder I end up, end up work, working in mission. Extraordinary. So you didn't start out as a missionary, did you? No, but I knew that I, I had a call to mission at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, studied mathematics in uni, went into computing, uh, working for mobile phone companies and their billing systems, and, and then somewhere, somewhere, and I was still young then, but God opened the door, I found myself in St. Gallen, Switzerland. In Switzerland? Work. Yes, yes. I mean, let's be honest, that's not a difficult um, yes, is it? It's like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Shall I be amongst the Swiss, amongst the mountains? Oh, yeah, I think so. Is Jesus calling me? Well, I think he might be. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the greatest shock of my life. I was coming from Malawi, uh, and, and two, two key things in, in that regard. The first thing is I'm coming from Malawi at a time of a huge revival. Wow. And I find myself in some Galen where actually Christianity felt like it's not existing. Yeah. But on the other hand, I was also coming from Malawi, where at, at the time of a famine in the country, where, mm. of course, we knew people who starved to death because they could not have food. Right? And I found myself in Switzerland, where they, they said probably around 75% of food that's produced every day is, is, is goes to waste. Yeah. And so those two things shocked me. Uh, and. I th so next thing I still live with that shock until today. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So that really was. I mean, I, I I totally resonate with you about. I remember being at Sunday school and they say, "So, what are you going to be?" And I would say, "I'll be a missionary." I mean, what what a bonkers! It's like, firstly, bad career choice. You're gonna make no money, <laughs> yeah. except riches in heaven, but which we all know. You know, we're not going to see it until we're in glory. But anyway, <laughs> and actually, do they have a currency? Who knows? Because everywhere is made of gold. So anyway, um, I think the riches in here it is the joy that we have that no, doing something good now, I think, has got to be the only thing that actually is, makes it worthwhile. But anyway, it's not about filling our pockets or feeling awesome, but changing the world. Um, so, so, so essentially, you were... Um, you were you were provoked by an injustice. That really was it, wasn't it? Sure. Yes. Okay. So you did that for a bit. Then what? Oh, uh, so yeah, lived in Switzerland, German Austria for three years. Mm -hmm. I had, had to learn German and mm -hmm. to move around those three countries. Yeah. And, and realized actually this i enjoy this but it's also actually um right in line with what i feel god has called me to do yeah so i left germany came to the uk uh did a master's in birmingham mm -hmm. um as i finished that somebody shows up and said are you interested in a phd scholarship i'm like i give it to me wow so 
ended up going to Minnesota, United States. Wow. That's, that's where I studied. Uh, and of course, living in the United States, um, it was just, on one hand, good. I enjoyed my education. Yeah. But, but it also exposed me to a different world that mm. I probably didn't, didn't know existed. Mm. Uh, just for a point of reference, um, I lived in, in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Uh, and so when, when, when George Floyd died, um, I immediately got calls from my friends from, from that part of the world saying, help us process this. Oh my goodness. As, as in, I, I, it happened in, in, in my backyard. Oh my goodness. So to speak, I, 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 I know people who knew George Floyd. And that, that shifted some things in me again and, and, and brought, brought me to begin to think about, okay, so what does mission and justice look like in, mm. in the world today? Yes. I hear that. I hear that. We had um, Bishop Mike Royalman, uh, who's a, a good friend of mine, and he he was a staunch advocate for the, the Black Lives Matter movement, and it's one that really mustn't stop. Yeah, you, know, you know that. And I and I know people say, well, all lives matter, but the way that uh, the Black community have been so horrifically treated, um, I. I you know, it, it's words can't really actually begin to explain it by any means. It's just utterly horrific in terms of the injustices that have happened for for hundreds of years. So hundreds of years, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's we, just we can go back several centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you are. This isn't a job. This is a. This is. Uh, this is. This is a, a calling. It's part of your DNA. Looking for joke for 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 justice and mission seems to be part of that in terms of social justice in, in bringing equity and liberty etc so why don't you tell people a bit more about what you do with um this thing called global connections which i would imagine the majority of our listeners probably have no idea what global connections does and i know that because i know what sort of things you do <laughs> Which is quite interesting because, of course, Global Connections is a is a British organization. Yeah, right. I, I happen to be a Malawian leading it at the moment, but but it's a British organization. It's been here for for a long time. Yeah, it it emerges out of um, the Evangelical Alliance back in yeah. the seventies, eighties. Yeah, as the Evangelical Mission Association, which is still today our trading name. Yeah, right. gosh, uh, but we are sort of the umbrella body for. Evangelical mission organizations um, yes. who send missionaries out uh, to other parts of the world. We will try and support them here mm. uh, with what they need to make their work of sending missionaries out there a bit easier. So, so, so essentially, you are a um, uh, how would I put it? Uh, an industrial body that supports uh, um, institutions. That want to go into various different locations to to become an NGO ultimately, but then has a has a with a twist of sharing the gospel as well. No, I, actually, I think I would say we are primarily a, a gospel sharing organization, a mission organization. Yeah, that supports organizations uh, and institutions that want to go and do mission, mm -hmm. but but. The, the way they do mission is is up to them. Uh, we we don't prescribe and say you do it this way. 
right 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 so then what sort of um i mean th this week's devotion that we have which is about um uh essentially getting ready which is fascinating uh, i was when i um when i was doing motivate uh and it was mr campolo the legend um he he used to use a phrase which was unless you can do it locally you shouldn't be doing it globally and uh we then had a thing of almost like the stepping stones of pray give go do you know you you need to start actually embodying praying giving your time and money going having it have a have a you know a, a scratch and sniff have a go for it you know a period of time and then do it on a much more grander scale in different ways um how how has the mission field adjusted now that we are post-pandemic but not post-pandemic how has this adjusted people's lenses in terms of um uh, their functions their priorities the things that really make them ache to get on with it yeah um my sense is that the missions world is is a bit slower to change than 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 the church itself that's interesting uh, and so uh mission organizations now are beginning to think okay we know that we cannot do this the way we've done always mm. so how do we do it mm. in a way that makes sense in 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 this century, in, in, in these years after the pandemic. Uh, so those are conversations that are actually just beginning for most organizations. What does this change mean to us? So what sort of changes have you been seeing? Uh, I, I, I'm aware of a, a huge organization that's decided we are not sending short-term mission people anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Why is that then? Uh, the, the, they gave, I think, two, three reasons. The first one is, is simply because, you know, family care. Mm -hmm. Putting people on, 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 on planes around the world doesn't look good anymore, yeah. at least in their eyes. Uh, the second one is actually they, they came to the conclusion that short-term mission benefits the people who go more than the people who actually receive them on the other side of the planet that's interesting um yeah. and so you know who are we serving here yeah and yeah to some extent it just feels like tourism or something like that yes right? and then and then the, they had the theological reason that actually says you know um if we are sending people, we should be receiving people. Mm -hmm. We can't be just sending. So up until we have we have platforms in place that can allow us to receive people, we're not sending any more people. That's fascinating. The thing that I that there was a thing here that you just said that I that that sparked something in me, which was it's doing more good for the people that that are being sent rather than for the people who they're being sent to so for me that's a culture issue uh, as in it, it, um what do you think 
would help overcome this um, short-termism, tourism, cultural uh, mishaps or not, or, or uh, infancy? What do you think will accelerate the growth of a better culture of missional living? Um, I mean, you're talking to a theologian, I think, I think primarily we need to shift our theology of mission mm -hmm. uh, to begin to think about God who sends all people in all mm -hmm. directions. Mm -hmm. and, and, and he doesn't send just the rich West. He sends mm -hmm. the poor Malawians as well. Mm. Right? And, and so how do we as God's people today um, facilitate those kinds of movements of people? Mm. Uh, and, and then of course there's also another layer that says actually um, we can we can look back at history and we realize that Christianity has spread simply by the migration of Christians, not necessarily the migration of missionaries. Okay. To a great extent, uh, I, I mean, we could talk about we could talk about the migration of Europeans in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Which we know that at least twenty percent of Europe's population migrated in the eighteen hundreds alone. Yeah, and they were European Christians taking their faith along. We are not necessarily the missionaries. They are going because, of course, there's gold in South Africa and diamond in Zimbabwe. Let's go. There's land in Malawi. Let's go. Yeah. So they're moving for economic purposes, that, but they bring their their faith along with them, mm. right? And and that opens up possibilities that actually leads to the world Christianity that we celebrate today. And now mm. it's the Africans who are migrating, and the South Koreans, and and the Brazilians, mm. and these are also Christians that are migrating with their faith, and they find themselves in London, they find themselves in. Manchester and Liverpool bringing back the gospel. I love that. I love that. So what? So I'm just. So essentially, what you're saying is, is that the movement of missionary. You know, you've just kind of shot yourself in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> you're basically saying the movement of missionaries isn't the stuff of transformation. It's the movement of people who are, who live out their faith. And where they, wherever they go, they just live out their faith in the normal everyday things that they do. And so going back to the theme of preparation, how do we prepare Christians, whoever they are, wherever they are, that God can move them and migrate them from one place to another. And wherever they find themselves, they continue to serve in God's mission. That's what I'm doing. So, and ultimately, what so what you're saying is, a movement of Christians to move into any location, whether it be Warwickshire um, or Lille or Kazakhstan or whatever it is. The movement is missional. That's the, 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 the active verb, but the actual lifestyle is just Christian. It's just living out Christ in us, amongst us, through us, following where Christ is already active. What does a wind look like then? The wind would look like the 
the many Nigerian Christians we see in the UK today, mm -hmm. uh, not being isolated in, in Nigerian churches, right? but being able to, to, to be like East, wherever mm -hmm. they are. Yes, and working with with, uh, with whoever God has placed them among to share the gospel, and the same could be said of the British Christians living in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Americans living in, in Afghanistan or wherever. I love that. What do you think is holding people? Because you're right. I mean, the the black majority churches, um, the uh, in in the UK particularly, are vast. I mean, I, I am. I come from a uh, a multicultural Pentecostal church background. Have and have enjoyed. So, I, to be quite honest with you, they're the best churches ever. All right, they're just more fun. <laughs> they, they 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 do family. They do community. They do it, and and they take the word of God really seriously. I mean, and they pray. Right. Oh my goodness! They know and miracles, yeah, all the time, all the time. Yes. We now hang out with a bunch of Anglicans, and the Lord bless them. The Lord has a wonderful sense of humour. Is Jesus a, a white European? No, not at all. I bet he's frustrated. But anyway, that's my, that's my gripe for the day. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> so, so okay. Um, so the R, I think the um, the RCCG is one of those denominations, the Redeemed Christian Church of God. They're vast, that sort of thing, and uh, and they're all over the and, and they're a joy to behold to see how they're growing. And I know that they grow through friends and family. That's generally how a lot of them have grown. Um, I remember Almost one thousand congregations in the UK, right? Yeah. And, and they probably have a, a minimum of 200, an average of 5,000 in the congregation. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I, I'll never forget that time when um, I was in a in a London borough and one of the Baptist ministers said, hey, Matt, hey, check out this. Just ask this chap, um, how many has he got in his church? And he said, and I was I was doing some things with um, a bunch of ecumenical borough deans and this, this chap, this he was a leader of a, um, one of the boroughs. Birmingham, London is a is a, a conglomerate of lots of boroughs for people who don't know yeah. and he said oh yeah i've got i think about fifteen thousand people in my church <laughs> Just, but yeah. I, I i remember and i think i think you said something very poignant and very very important all right getting ready to be christians in all spaces i remember when i was a kid and i live in ashford in kent all right we aren't it, it there are not many ethnic diverse communities in our just because that's our demographic so we're more so now but then there wasn't and i remember being at spring harvest which again was not a very ethnically diverse thing at the time and there was this lovely um black woman who stood up and said i don't feel welcome i don't feel welcome and she said, that's why we do our churches, because we feel welcome in our spaces. Um, where are we now? And how do we break down these barriers? Because they're real. And we are, I'll be quite honest with you, we are missing out in the riches of ethnic diversity and, and, and all of that. It's, I mean, it's 
densely rich. So, so how do we then overcome these barriers that are really there? Well, the barriers are there. Uh, we see them in all places. But and and I'm glad that over the past few years, I've heard many people talk about multicultural church. How do we do this together? Some are yeah. using the language of intercultural church. Um, I think that we are still very much in, in the phase of raising awareness that actually this is an issue that we need to wrestle with as a Christian community in the UK. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some communities, a few, just a few, that are trying to experiment with the, what does this look like? Mm -hmm. What what are the what 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 negotiations do we do we need to make? What do we lose? What do we what do we let go of? What do we receive from others around us? All that, but we are still just experimenting. Um, but but yet, uh, I do think that the two things: one, the future of, of the, the Christian faith in the UK really, really to some extent depends on how well we do this, how well we receive the gifts of global Christians who have come to live among us here in the UK, right? And yeah. I'm saying among us as if I'm from here, but I'm yeah. one of those people who have come from other parts or come from Malawi to be here. Yeah. So there is that. I think that's going to be a very, very important, important, important part of the puzzle for us all. But also, um, the mission landscape that as people have come from other parts of the world to the UK, they they can participate in God's mission in the UK. Yeah. But also they will then eventually be able to, from the UK here, participate in God's mission elsewhere in the world. Mm. So in bringing all these people to the UK, God is just reinvigorating the Christian community in the UK. Mm. Um, try to make it uh, more relevant, more responsive to the context of, of, of the world in the 21st century it's yeah, it's a gift to the church in the uk uh, yeah i agree i agree i um something that i've come across uh, an awful lot that have that has stagnate stagnated the growth of the church is the habit of slander you know um and I didn't know what it was, and I was chatting with with my wife about this, and and I had to go and do a quick Google just to find out the clear definition of it, which is a basically talk. It it talks badly about a person behind their back, and ruins their reputation. You know. Um, so I thought, okay, what's what is the uh, what's you know what, what's the opposite of slander, and it's very simple. It's celebrating. It's celebrating the goodness and greatness and the gold that people bring and the food that they bring to the table. Yeah. And for you as a Malawan who has lived here and you've lived in different, it's very easy to see how naff the church has become compared to your own personal context when you were doing church as growing up. I think you were probably shocked if I was probably when you first saw it, you're going, well, from the, from the, <laughs> you brought it to us. I've come back to you and you're like, what? Um, that said, 
And then, of course, I think you said something very interesting about the fact that when you went to uh, Switzerland and Germany, Germany is different to Switzerland, and th there are wonderful movements in both those countries. And I know Austria, there's there's more challenges, that's for sure. Um, but you went to, after you, you did your master's, you did your PhD in America. Um, and America is, according to my friend Marco or Marco Stryker, the the evolution of how the church is manifested is actually behind the church here in the uk which i thought was interesting sure. um what did you like about america then if we're going to use that praise and <laughs> celebration there you go <laughs> oh god that's a that's a big question um I, I I I had a good time. I enjoyed my my education. I really appreciate that. Um, I I I learned a lot about you know how Westerners live, mm. right? different from from what I'd seen in Germany, Switzerland, Austria. Different from what I'd seen here. Mm -hmm. I found I found that helpful. I I also and this is a this is a double edged sword. I, I I saw a church that's that that cares about about other people huh. and, 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 and other other people's needs. I, I saw a church that would I mean I I mean I, I had quite a few friends who would come to me and say uh, we have this extra money and we support the church in Malawi, for example. Mm. So I saw a church that 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 cared, mm. but also saw a church that that cared, but cared from a distance. Uh, okay, like like um, and, and 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 this was funny because when one of those friends came to me and said, "We have this pot of money, we want to support the church in Malawi," and my response was like, "I'll put you in touch with a pastor in Malawi that you can actually." talk to and, and try and figure this out together between the two of you or yeah. two, your two organizations. And they could not do that. Huh. Interesting. Right? They could not. They, they, they could not. They did not. They just didn't they compute. to send the money and, and, and that's it. Yeah. Like, but you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I mean, I get, I, I get why they didn't because a lot of these uh, churches I, often when I meet a various different church leaders, and I do, you know, my listeners know this, I'm, I just get around. A lot of the time, these different leaders that I speak with, they say, um, first and foremost, it's based on friendship and relationship. Um, yes. So I get that. I get that. I think. But, but, but they're missing an opportunity to develop a friendship and a relationship. With they are. On, the other part, on the other side of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the fact that they want to do something in itself yes. using sure. is is actually it's a good starting point point. Yes. Probably the next thing is then probably to have a conversation about well what held them back from building that friendship that you have with your friend in Malawi. Probably. So you're here in the UK and we have quite a a very diverse landscape and you know, we won't go into the theology of 
all sorts of different things that the church is going through, which, you know, is when you ask the emergent generation, I think, really, is this is this important? <laughs> um what sort of things do you think would help um Christians to become missional in their communities? Well, yeah, good one. Um, I, I do think that here in the UK we have a, we have a, we have a blessing that many other parts of the world would would long for, and that's our sense of diversity. Yeah, right. Um, and I do think that if we if we would get how to do multicultural intercultural church together that could be a gift that we can give to our friends around the world i get you but we can we can we can we can we can talk to the germans and say this is how we've done it it's coming your way can mm. you please start getting ready so you're taking away what what you're taking what you're saying is it's not two it's not four but with yes. We're doing it. right yes so we do it with with the people who have come from around the world to live among us. Yeah. And we learn from it so we can actually share it with our friends around the world. Mm. Because we have a sense of diversity that that's different from, say, the diversity you see in Germany, but it's also different from the diversity you see in the United States. Yeah. We yeah. are right in the middle. Yes, yes. Because I, I, I find this very... Um, here in the UK, we have the Commonwealth, okay, yes. the British Commonwealth, and I hear lots of people saying, "Well, it's just basically um, a postscript from the British Empire," which is true, but the British British Empire does not exist anymore. Sure, and there was a lot of things that it did that were awful, but there were some things that were great, and it's in that space is that I think people need to be focusing sure. on. Sure. You know, if we can, if we can work the the commonwealth uh without the hierarchy mm. right uh it becomes something that's so beautiful that uh that, that i know is that my friends use is uh we all get to the table to get and everybody gets to test and share each other's food right we are all seeing one another or acknowledging one another or recognizing one another's gifts and, and, mm. and presence at the table and that that is the potential of the common one yes but it has to be a place where we all see one another as humans as equals so to speak so you carry that spirit and that attitude when you go to global connections yes uh, where you've got a number of mission agencies NGOs or whatever they want to call themselves, depending on which landscapes they're working within, that coexist together, but work together rather than in competition. Yes, yes. And yeah. part of our key work this year, probably until next year, is to try and figure out how we can do this uh, and move away from the colonial models of doing mission that worked in the 19th and 20th centuries mm. but cannot cannot function in the world today yes 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 do you have any glimpses of how that would how to do that easily 
uh, we're just at the beginning of the conversation. But 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 the fact that you have a Malawian leading a British mission organization uh, says a lot, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't think this would happen twenty years ago. No, no. I so there, right. there there are shifts that are happening, slow, but but they're happening. What's their thoughts on climate change? Is that how how important is that? Because I know, having worked with a uh, um, when I've when I've done marketing, one one of my clients supported uh, a lot of Commonwealth countries and the amount of travel that that mission aid agencies had to do and so on and so forth was was vast. How do you throw in the cost of living and the cost of climate change into this really important subject of going? Um, climate change is becoming a big issue and I'm seeing men and mission organizations begin to shift so uh, people have to think twice before booking their planes yeah and 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 if they do so then they they, they do the the carbon print offset uh, oh. and things like that that's that's becoming common mm. um plus of course conversations around climate care um and and all that creation care and all that that's also becoming central to to our conversations. I I hear many organizations now begin to think intentionally about about this. Mm. Uh, we're seeing we're seeing theologians begin to focus on this here in the UK. Mm. Uh, begin to focus on this as a, as a subject that they want to lead the church in. So mm. that's that's happening. Um, Cost of living, yes. Um, how do we how do we continue following Christ when when our financial securities are not there anymore? Yeah. And 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 when people ask me about this, I said, you know what? Go to Malawi and see how they do it, and you will learn a thing or two. Right. Yes. Yes. If you yep. can't go to Malawi, talk to the Malawians in in in, in your neighborhood, or Zimbabweans, or. Mozambicans or, or whoever's come from Sub-Saharan Africa, or people yeah. who have come from other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really helpful because uh, I, I remember a lot of mission agencies, particularly why we did motivate in the first place was they realised that if they don't in, in, get the emerging generation involved in their mission agencies, they will cease to exist within twenty years and so on and so forth. I don't necessarily know how true that is it's probably 40 years to be honest with you because there's legacies and all sorts but the fact but what you're actually saying is malawi which is a very different economic climate to the uk is and people knowing that in malawi said right but there's still means to make cash for us to get over there to actually serve the, the british people that we feel called called to these people are driven one they are driven by purpose but two they're doing it in in innovative, better ways, sustainable ways than the conventional ways that that previous mission agencies say you could do to uh, follow where Christ is involved. Yes. Yeah, I love that. Yep, I love that. So, look, Harvey, I just want to say thank you so much for spending um, some time with us. How can people, if they're curious to know more about Global Connections? 
and which is also part of Christian vocations or Christian vocations are part of global connections and there's a thing called map as well um why well, just give us a quick overview of those three different uh things i think we've done global connections lots of people probably yes. won't know much about christian vocations and people will know even less about map give a quick, quick overview on those and how people can get in touch with those uh so i mean we, we have one website that that has all three of the boards together but they also the, the other two also have their own websites uh christian vocations uh, it's a job uh, advertising website mm -hmm. that global connections runs uh global connections map is global connections in northern ireland ah yes very good <laughs> there you go yeah there yeah, you go yeah, so if yeah. you're northern ireland yeah. go to map but yeah, if you're not that's right come along yeah, to hang probably. out at global connections and cv that's fantastic right. yeah sure. thank you so much really appreciate this was a good conversation well i'm pleased <laughs> <laughs> Just stay in touch. Bless you. God bless one. So just to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. And uh, if you want to catch up with any other episodes, do go on to the Anchor Season 4 um, portal and uh, you'll see all of the other episodes that I've done. Also check us out on obviously iTunes through uh, Apple and with your Android and all of your other different places like Spotify that you get to listen to your podcasts. Equally, if you are someone who uses Twitter, um, we are seasoned for life and um, we have posts of all sorts there. And then this is the next new thing. If you're really interested, why don't you come and join our learning community? It's on Facebook. It's a group of people who are asking questions about what does it look like to be seasoned for purpose? Anyway, thanks again for listening and uh, we'll look forward to connecting with you next time.